With flight operations across our nation and around the globe idled by the COVID-19 pandemic, when might our industry recover? And what options are available to help operators weather this storm? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. They're the kinds of figures that cause nightmares for business aircraft owners and flight operations. Studies indicate that flight activity across our industry plummeted in the month of April, with estimated declines as high as 70% off traffic numbers for the same period in 2019. We've never seen a situation quite like this. And as lockdowns continue in response to COVID-19, flight departments and charter operations are exploring a variety of options in order to survive. That includes placing aircraft up for sale. That said, as when speaking about any business asset, operators should carefully weigh the financial effects from such decisions and also consider the incentives, financial and otherwise, for retaining aircraft at this tumultuous time. To help us navigate these decisions, we're joined today by W. Ashley Smith, President of Jet Logistics in North Carolina, and by David Mayer, an aviation attorney and partner at the law firm of Shackelford, Bowen, McKinley, and Norton, LLP. Ashley, I think it's safe to say we're all tired of hearing the term unprecedented to describe our current situation, but that's still probably the best word to describe it. How has your operation been affected? Well, in the very beginning, it actually helped our operation because our operation is focused mainly on air medical transportation. And when the COVID-19 people started coming in from Asia on the large commercial jets, we had a contract with the Department of Health and Human Services to move those people once they arrived back in the United States. So from that standpoint, it didn't hit us nearly as hard as it did a lot of our constituents within the industry. But that business only lasted for probably about six weeks or so, and we're now kind of in the same boat with everybody else. Things are very slow. We are doing an occasional commercial transport. We have some contracts with the U.S. government, other contracts with the U.S. government. So we're, we're flying a little bit. I think everybody's flying a, you know, some small percentage of what they would do on a normal, normal day this time of year. Uh, but it's, it, business is definitely off. And on the uh, maintenance side of things, it's slow there as well. So overall, I would not say it's been a positive thing for our business, but I don't think it's hit us quite as bad as most of the rest of the industry. David, when there have been such steep declines in flight activity in the past, large sell-offs of aircraft typically haven't been far behind. Do you think we're at that point yet? And what other options are available to help sustain business aviation flight operations through this crisis? The situation today, as you indicated at the outset, doesn't have a replicate anywhere in my memory, and I've been in the business for a very long time. In 2008, there was alleged financial abuse in a, an economy that uh, nearly uh, crashed in a, the sense, no pun intended, uh, from uh, work on Main Street and Wall Street that hurt the economy as a whole. Today, it's entirely different. The market was strong, uh, although it had subsided somewhat year over year from 2018 to 19. Uh, Now we're in a hold situation that is very different and Ashley mentioned from his angle. That means that uh, people are almost frozen in place trying to decide how long to wait to take action with respect to their aircraft. Uh, It's not probably an ideal time, to say the least, 
to dispose of aircraft and some experts to whom I've spoken say it's, it's a bad time because a market like we have been accustomed to simply doesn't exist today. What about refinancing, David? Well, there's some actual good opportunities here, uh, thinking forward a little bit, and refinancing is one of them. Uh, the uh, financing entities are active. They uh, can either discuss rate resets to reduce cost of their customers and restructuring, or they can do a, a complete refinance. One of their challenges will be uh, the process of getting an appraisal in speaking to uh, a very knowledgeable and respected appraisal uh, firm yesterday. They said that the market for appraising is very difficult. There aren't comps available. So refinancings might require a heavy amount of equity, but it's certainly uh, doable. Ashley, what options would you recommend for others in our industry? I think it kind of depends on which part of the industry that you are in. One option for everybody, I mean, I don't know anybody in the industry right now. Not all of my constituents have all been looking towards the government for either the, the PP, what I'm calling the PPL or the PPP uh, to help keep people on payroll. If you're an air carrier, there's the option of the, of the CARES Act, the same money that the major airlines are dipping into. And then there's the economic disaster uh, options. So from a, if you're an air carrier, uh, if, you, if you're a you know, charter management company, air ambulance company, cargo company, there are certainly options to, to influx your business with some cash from the government in order to try to wait this out and see if this recovery does come about in a, in a timely manner so that we can hopefully get back to doing business as usual. For, for those that don't have those options or did not move fast enough uh, because the money you know has has run out and I'm sure will run out again even despite the addition of money to the PPL I do have constituents in the business that have have laid personnel off I don't think the selling of assets right now is probably the best move the market is crazy you know, values are not what they were David just mentioned a minute ago about some of the difficulty of refinancing. There's not a whole lot of options right now other than try to find some way to weather the storm. So whether it's getting money from the government or reducing your overhead, whatever you've got to do in order to try to wait it out. And let's hope that, that we get back to doing some business sooner versus later. If you're not in absolute dire straits, I think it's going to be in your best interest to wait until the market starts to settle down. The, the values are all over the place. Banks were not happy about lending money on aircraft unless they were very, very late model aircraft and you had a very strong balance sheet. But for those of us who use aircraft as a tool, uh, as, a, as a way to earn and generate revenue, banks were never very happy about loaning money on aircraft. And they're especially unhappy about it, I think, in today's uh, environment. So I think you're going to want to wait, let the market settle down, let things get back to, I hesitate to use the word normal because I don't know that any of us can really define what that's going to be in the future, but something closer to what we did consider normal, I think you're going to see the values start to come back, at least back to what they were before, closer to what they were before. Hopefully the, the financial institutions that are willing to loan money will get a little bit more confidence in the market and the, the value of the collateral that they're using. That would be the number one reason I would try to hold on to any of these assets as, as long as I could. 
And and the other thing too, for I don't I think it's fairly safe to say that not everybody in this industry is going to survive this. I know a few companies that were probably on thin ice before this happened. Unless they get a massive influx of capital, I don't know that they'll survive it. And even with the the influx of capital, they're going to find themselves in a position that they can't repay it when it comes time to repay it. There may be a reason to hold on to the asset because you might be in a better competitive situation after all this is over than you were before it even started. So as much as I would never wish anything bad on anybody in this industry, I think it's safe to say a few aren't going to make it. And for those of us who do survive it, we may find ourselves in a better spot at the end. That's my optimistic way of looking at it, because I don't think it helps us to look at it from a pessimistic standpoint. Rob, I'd like to add a, a little more optimism to this situation we're in and what the the future will bring uh, to just tack on to what Ashley said about refinancing. Uh, I think that the the banks that are best positioned to help right now are the ones who have specific aircraft expertise. Uh, those banks understand the collateral. They understand uh, ways to either lease or finance. Uh, they understand the need to have values that uh, take into account the current circumstances, and they have a reasonable forward view and a way to structure uh, transactions so they maintain their uh, loan-to-value ratios. So I do think that if you go to the right experts and you have the right teams involved, those deals uh, can be done. Although I can tell you from what I've written before that the process is much slower uh, due to people essentially working at home. But there are two other uh, value propositions in holding aircraft one right now. Um, to the point of keeping or, uh, up the residual value, uh, this is a good time, uh, and Ashley can comment on this, to upgrade or maintain aircraft ahead of schedule. So while we're talking about spending money, uh, the opportunity exists for maintenance at reduced costs that will either slow the residual value decrease and or increase the saleability of an asset as the market begins to emerge from this, what I hope is a very temporary uh, slowing to stop situation. Yeah, I would would like to add to that. Uh, as David said, you know, we we also have a 145 MRO operation, and we're seeing some some unbelievably competitive pricing from a lot of our vendors. Some of the avionics vendors, for example, for people that still have not done ADSB, the the prices on some of that equipment has dropped significantly due to the vendors trying to keep keep things going and and generate cash flow. The um, uh, I've heard of some other MROs that are even given breaks on large inspections. Um, I've got one aircraft that we're looking at having painted. I've called seven or eight different paint shops and the prices have been exceptionally good and they've got tremendous availability. If you're going to make a capital improvement to an, to one of your assets, I've never seen, and I've been in this business 34 years, I've never seen a better time to make some sort of capital improvement to the asset due to the cost, uh, even terms. I've had some of the vendors even came back and said, hey, we'll give people you know, 90 days same as cash, you know, that, that type of thing. Completely unheard of. 
uh, in this industry before now. And Rob, in that regard, it's useful to know that when you finance or refinance an aircraft, that the lenders or lessors will pay for some of those capital costs as part of the transaction. So now we have a situation where, for example, someone who paid cash for an airplane refinances or finances for the first time, a cash out, if you will, and can use some of that money to improve the appearance and improve the maintenance status, making that airplane more saleable and more resistant to the lender's uh, propensity to push down value uh, for purposes of financing. So there are some silver linings, as the saying goes, in this situation for those who will think creatively about their own situations, especially as it relates to cashing out with good assets. Those are all great points. Now let's change gears a bit and look toward the future as best we can. Ashley, as you mentioned, normal is not a word we can apply to any aspect of this situation. And it's possible the new normal may be quite different than before, even after we emerge from this crisis. What are some factors you feel will be needed to bring our industry back to, well, not normal, but toward a more familiar and recognizable environment? I think the safety aspects are number one piece because the safety aspect is what leads into the second step, which is the, the confidence of the public to feel safe. Is there, is it, whether they're flying on a charter, whether they're flying on the airlines, whether they're going to the movies, people need to have the confidence. The same thing happened after 9-11. The government put in all these extra security. They started the TSA. They took a lot of steps to get the public confidence back so people felt safe to get on the airlines. And I think we as an industry are going to have to do some similar things to make sure that, that the people that travel on, whether it's charters, air medical, you know, what, whatever it is, business aviation, we're going to have to have some uh, risk mitigation, or as we say in the medical industry, some protocols to make sure that we're doing what we can to protect people. And in David's world, you know, protect ourselves from the possible liability if the virus was to be uh, passed around inside of the aircraft. David? The sense of returning to normalcy is probably entirely misplaced as at this point there is not a normal anyone can predict uh, except uh, in the sense of hoping for a good outcome from the situation we're in. Right now we already know that year over year we've had a decrease in transactions in a time when we're holding tight, as we just discussed, from selling more, it makes it a almost a seizing up of the market. But as we try to work through the crisis, from my legal point of view, there are some opportunities and some problems that I think we're going to have to work through uh, all of us as an industry and each business. David, you've written recently about another concern you have once operators start flying again. I am concerned. I know it's a concern of the industry that in the urgency of getting back to work, we'll see illegal flight operations that the FAA regards as extremely dangerous, uh, an anti-safety situation, if you will. We have the exacerbating situation here that someone might try to get back to uh, income generating through excess number of releases to people who are unrelated, 
or time sharing that are unrelated. And if uh, the thought process is the FAA is too busy to find them, I would uh, like people to be aware that uh, in uh, April, uh, the FAA has imposed two major penalties uh, amounting to almost uh, um, uh, approximately a million seven in penalties for people operating illegally. So it's a bad idea to think that you're safe from the FAA. The second one is that we're going to have to develop new safety protocols uh, and health protocols immediately to avoid lawsuits on negligence, false representation about the condition of an airplane, and to keep passengers safe from each other. I think some standard akin to the CDC standards should be developed across the board. There are major disputes with insurance companies over uh, the interruption of business under the so-called business interruption coverage, which insurance companies have uniformly refused to honor uh, and lawsuits are exploding in this area because it sounds natural that this has been a business interruption. And of course it is. There are gonna be bankruptcies, unfortunately, and workouts uh, to, to go through in this process. Hopefully we can keep as many people active in the business as we can and restructure them. And finally, there are some uh, interesting tax planning on the federal tax side based upon uh, bonus depreciation and some of the ability to use net operating losses, so-called NOLs. So there's, a, from a legal standpoint, many issues uh, to address as we try to return to uh, some sort of a market we understand. I do think an advantage for all of us working in business aviation is our ability to adapt to changing circumstances as an industry. And when faced with an unfamiliar situation and challenging times, we're fairly quick to respond accordingly. That said, Ashley, at this moment, our entire industry is in a holding pattern, waiting for authorities to reopen society. Yeah, I don't know of, of a timeline. Uh, what I do know and am certain of is that we don't control any of it. The authorities, whether it's federal, state, local, these are the folks that will control how quickly the, the industry goes back to some, some sense of uh, quote-unquote normal versus what it was. You know, we're in the travel industry, so if we can't travel, it's going to be difficult to do business. Even from the air medical standpoint, as far as the time, timeline goes, you know, I've heard in the news people think this is going to be a, a V-shaped recovery. I think it's the wrong letter of the alphabet. I think the letter L is probably a closer one uh, as far as the whole goes. Because back to what I said about safety and confidence, if people don't have, have confidence that they can travel safely, they probably won't. And if they don't travel, then this, this entire industry doesn't really work. And David, what's your sense of the indications we'll see when business aviation is ready to fly again? Great question, Rob. I think we will take our uh, indication off of the circumstances in communities and states about the control of the virus combined with appropriate protocols for safety of passengers and opening up uh, borders for people to travel uh, within the United States and then into Europe. We're starting to see Europe free up a little bit. International travel is absolutely critical, uh, particularly for long-haul aircraft. So I think when you see evidence that as a 
whole population globally, we have confidence in travel across border and across uh, the ocean. I think you'll see business aviation and particularly charter respond fairly promptly and rise to levels that are probably slower and less than in the past, but increase over time as we somewhat normalize uh, how people act with the virus under some control. This is certainly an ever-changing situation, and I'm sure we'll revisit this topic again in the future, hopefully as our industry regains its footing and business aircraft take to the skies once again. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock, and thanks for listening to Flight Plan. Flight Plan.